We've kind of been a little bit lazy the last week, haven't we? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we started with so many recordings and then nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. But you are also working, right? Yeah, I'm working. You need to work. Yeah. And I don't feel very productive these days. No. It's some days are harder to find their energy to do. Yeah. Yeah. But we found it now. Yeah, I think we did. And finally right? we recorded a new episode and yes. uh, we interviewed a super interesting guy today. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Victor. Yeah, and he is not Danish. No, he's from Bulgaria. Yeah. But he used to live in Denmark for seven years. Yeah. And where does he live now? In Indonesia, in Indonesia. Jakarta. Yeah. So he's uh, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> and we are... Well, he works a lot... Um, has an, his own company, right? I'm not really or sure whether it's his, but we didn't talk so much about, you know, who's the no. owner, but he definitely runs a, a team of, I think, 40 people? Yeah. Something like that. And what so they work on is uh, they help companies entering the Asian market. Yeah. He's based in Indonesia, but also they have offices in Singapore, I think. And then we thought, hey, that's a brilliant person to mm. talk to about remote work. Yeah, and talking to a businessman this time. So we are getting a look into how his day have changed. He used to travel a lot for conference and meetings, and, well, now he can't. And uh, he has some extremely interesting views on, um, you know, what this might mean. I mean, what it obviously means right now, how you schedule your day these days, and, you know, how do you lead a team in times of clo- uh, lockdown yeah. but at the same time he also has interesting views on so where all of this may lead us to yeah. right what it means uh, for the you know power relation between the different generation uh, looking at you know digital natives and millennials versus uh, the older generation but also you know what it means for the future of conferences for example are yeah. we after this lockdown going to travel as much as we did for business or maybe mm. aren't we should and he actually, every week, he writes himself in a paper. He has a, I think he has a newsletter. A newsletter, yeah. Where he also discusses these things. Yeah. So a very, uh, it is a Sunday here, but a very non-Sunday-ish kind of talk about work life and staying yeah. productive and staying uh, healthy, yeah. I guess. Uh, also mentally healthy. Yeah, and using the time maybe for being clever, more clever. Yeah, developing yourself. Yeah. So, uh, without further ado, we give you the interview with Victor. With us on the line, uh, Victor. And Victor is in Indonesia right now as uh, the lockdown is happening here in Europe and probably all around the world. And uh, welcome to the show, Victor. Yeah, welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, looking forward to our discussion. Cool. So maybe you will start with introducing yourself and who you are. Sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so my name is Victor, and um, I'm born in Bulgaria, raised there. But uh, when I was 19 years old, I moved to Denmark uh, to study. Um, so I actually studied in Aalborg, and I got my bachelor's and master's there. Stayed for about seven years in Denmark, um, and then moved to Asia. So currently, I'm based in Jakarta, Indonesia. Um, but I typically travel a lot to Singapore where we have an office as well, but obviously right now we don't really travel anywhere. So I'm basically staying at home. 
Um, and what brought me um, here to Jakarta is um, basically I'm running a business. Um, and what we do is that we help foreign companies to enter Southeast Asia as a region. So whenever they want to expand to this part of the world, we help them. And yeah, uh, so I run a team here of about 40 people across uh, two countries. And um, yeah, that's it in a nutshell um, about me. Oh, that's uh, that's quite exciting. I, I mean, in a way, also the contrast, I guess, from Denmark to Indonesia and just uh, generally Asia, that must be something. Yeah, I think uh, the two, the two. If if I compare Southeast Asia and Denmark, they can be uh, more different. I think culturally, you you see a lot of uh, uh, very obvious differences. Like for instance, you know how in Denmark people like to keep a bit of a distance when they stay in the bus or wait for the bus or in general in public spaces. When in Indonesia or in other Asian countries, people stay way too close, which gives me a lot of anxiety because I kind of spent a lot of time in Denmark and I got used to a bit more distanced way. So from the smallest things like, you know, like how close people are and how they communicate to, of course, you know, major, larger differences that you realize after you spend here a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> I guess a social distancing once a bit harder probably for Asian people than for Danish <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, Danish maybe will like, oh, yeah, that's what we do anyway. Yeah, they totally don't get it here. Um, in fact, people are way too chill about the entire situation and spend way too much time next to each other. Oh, so they are still, as of like today, they're still too close, you would say? Um, well, uh, the government of Indonesia hasn't really declared the lockdown. They have strongly recommended the lockdown. So what happened is that the knowledge-based businesses that w when people work essentially online um, so this kind of businesses work from home but when you look at those small shops and restaurants and um, all kinds of small businesses they're actually operational when you see quite a few people on the streets i mean not as many as before but definitely more than what you see in europe nowadays okay so what do you think about that well um it's hard to speculate what exactly is going to happen but um of course i would have preferred if um, if we just have a very sudden change in behavior and everyone stays at home for a while. But it's also a very difficult decision for a, you know, emerging economy like Indonesia because it, it just, you know, unlike European countries, um, there is not a lot of support the government can do for most of the people. And there is, a, there is about 30 million people in Jakarta alone. So it's very hard to take care of, of all these people, right? So it's also a difficult decision for them. But of course, I would have preferred if we actually keep a very a rigid social distancing, but can't really do anything about that. So I'm just um, taking care of my team. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, knowing Indonesia, I would say, yeah, that's uh, very hard. I mean, there's so many people in one spot. There's so many everything in one spot. So that's, uh, yeah. But uh, it's a nice place to be still. So uh, I have a little bit of a question uh, regarding, I mean, you know, I meet more and more people. And even yesterday, like one of our neighbors, he moved, came back and it was kind of hard for him to coming back to Denmark. Like, you know, now many, I think many citizens of different countries, they just rush back home, uh, wherever home is. And uh can you maybe say a little bit about like, I mean, you're still in Indonesia and probably like, where's home for you? Yeah, well. Um, that's a good question, right? Um, in a way, of course, my family is based in, in Bulgaria, so that's my number one home, but also most of my friends are still in Denmark. Um, but I'm a Bulgarian citizen, so I guess that's my number one home. And the 
What I see here in, in, in Indonesia is that a lot of expats have been sharing lately that their countries, their home countries are insisting on them going back. So you see that with Germany, you see it with the UK, you see it with Australia. Of course, you know, embassies and chambers of commerce, they cannot force you. So they're just recommending you to go back. Um, our embassy have, hasn't really done anything on the topic. And I don't think that right now is the best uh, period to be home. Of, of course, I would have um prefer to be close to my family and support them but in a way considering you know all the complexities with traveling and and also the business that i'm running here it's going to be very difficult so unfortunately i'm not going to be able to uh to visit them right now and are you i mean are you in any way concerned or something or or maybe you know can you even do something uh, or yeah how do how something? does it feel being so far away from your family and Do you talk to them da uh, daily or? Yeah, I guess uh, I, I guess that's what's on everyone's mind right now. Um, I do talk to my family quite often, and I've been—I mean, I've been living abroad for the past 10 years. Um, so we kind of build a routine with them of uh, talking online quite often, just so we're close. And now we're speaking more often than before because, uh, despite the time zone difference, you know, working from home gives me just some flexibility. Um, of course, I'm very concerned. Um, in fact, I'm more concerned about them uh, more than I'm concerned about myself because um, I, I like to think that I'm very healthy and, you know, also my job allows me to work remotely. While, you know, my parents have jobs that actually force them to meet people. Like my mother works in a in a small supermarket and and that's the only business that's right now open in, in, the, in the city where she lives. And my father also works in a factory and he needs to work with other people. Um, so, of course, I'm concerned a lot about them, not that much about myself, but, you know, trying to provide as much as I can uh, support through a lot of calls and, you know, and just listening to their concerns and trying to calm them down. Yeah, but let's switch gears a little bit. So, um, I mean, as we know, you're, uh, as you told us before in a pre-chat, yeah, part of your work involves uh, dealing with people that work remotely and actually even before the whole lockdown the whole crisis and uh, i mean it's a big part of uh, what you do can you talk a little bit about that and how, how this uh, may be now connected to the situation that we have yeah okay uh, so what we know we're in the business of helping companies move from one country to another and expand uh, because of that we very early we developed a lot of uh, i guess processes and you know and uh, habits around certain tools that allow you to work remotely because we often call have calls with people in the philippines in vietnam and also we have an office in singapore and jakarta so because of that you know our leadership team is pretty much all the time on uh, conference calls um, and over time you know you start developing pra best practices and start passing these practices to the rest of the team but i guess the biggest change is that you know uh, the leadership team um they're kind of familiar with this lifestyle and it's while it's it's still difficult it's not as difficult as for some people that um, weren't used to that uh, we have quite a few positions that never done it before and you know for them you know it requires a lot of coaching and, and sometimes you just um, you don't really know what they don't know right so you need to be very empathetic you need to have a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations and calls and just to really understand what bothers them and how you can support them so for half of the company the transition didn't really make that much of a difference but for the other half it was quite sudden when talking about these halves is it more of a um, maybe generational things or is it more of a, a cultural thing regarding each individual 
I don't know, company or team or uh, how would you see that? Yeah, um, I definitely see a generational gap. Um, I mean, uh, you can see it in personal life and professional life. You see it like from in personal life, you know, with my parents, they definitely struggle to adapt to. Uh, so they, they have learned one app and they know only how this app works and nothing else. So it's very hard for me to move them to another platform and, and show them the benefits there. Oh, yes. That's, uh, this, all these WhatsApp messages from your uh, mom. I, I get a lot of those, like mom sending, forwarding weird WhatsApp videos and these kind of things. Is it this what you think? Exactly. About right now? Exactly. So, so they, they have, uh, they're really like familiar with one ecosystem and they just stay in this ecosystem and, and you can't really take them out of there to show them something else. Um, so that's, that's one, but you also see it in business. You know, there are so many businesses out there that they're pretty conventional, especially, especially in emerging markets, like most countries in Southeast Asia. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't know how to use certain tools. Like for instance, you know, now we started running webinars, uh, with a lot of our partners because, you know, realistically, it's not really hard to run a webinar. It, it's hard to run a successful webinar, but it's, it's easy to set up a webinar. But for many of our partners, it's just like mind blowing. You know, that, that we can actually use the technology and we can set it up and we can run it. And it's just interesting, you know, how, um, in a way they, they really need you to help them, you know, leverage this technology because they're so lost. So yeah, you see it in all aspects of your life. So I guess there's been an, an increase in, in what you're doing or can you feel already now that in this, uh, Corona time we're in, then that people are more, um asking for something like that and are more willing to be digital i think people don't have a choice um they need to be digital right they just unfortunately this is something we're all going through and um some businesses are benefiting quite a bit from it some businesses not that much um, i think all businesses uh i mean most businesses got a hit um and they're right now trying to adapt i just attended uh a webinar on the topic where, you know, a bunch of founders were discussing, you know, the, the economic impact on their businesses and how they're adapting and, you know, like trying to make it work. Um, there is some people, you know, and some businesses that are doing very well. Like, for instance, um, right now we're using Zoom. So if you pay attention to their stock price, it's been, you know, increasing consistently. They've been hiring people and and a lot of other solutions as well are doing very well. Uh, but most, I think, are are impacted, including my business as well. I mean, uh, while you were just talking, I, I got this idea, you know, um, maybe when thinking about power in organizations and, uh, you know, uh, the generational gap. So I sometimes get the feeling that, you know, you have uh, a lot of younger, more capable people are technically capable uh, and also capable in other respects. And then you have uh, the more older generation that actually is much closer to power and much closer to resources. Um, and if I look at the situation right now, it seems like uh, things are really kind of turning upside down. Suddenly these assets, these skills and uh, that the maybe younger, more tech-savvy generation has are suddenly uh, in demand. And uh, suddenly they're also put in places of uh, control of the decision-making. So... Uh, just, you know, maybe uh, thinking forward a year from now or, you know, whatever this crisis might bring. But uh, do you think we could see actually uh, a situation where um, the younger generation is maybe even more appreciated or uh, gets into position of more power as 
or also maybe the redistribution of resources that ha we have in society right now where we have kind of a younger generation today that is uh, for the first time at least in many countries in the West poorer than the older generation. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a larger thought and a larger question, but what do you think about that? I mean, from your perspective? Yeah, I think, I think that's a very interesting um, discussion. And in, in a world where we're just forced to uh, be distant and, you know, there is no economic implications, I think you would be right. And definitely young people would be very, very appreciated. But because, you know, right now the economy um, is very unstable, and, you know, as you can, as you have seen, you know, there is a lot of layoffs happening around the world. I think uh, the U.S. just broke the record with uh, 3 million people looking for a job in, in just a week. Right. So because of that, um, I think it's kind of even though we know, yes, young people definitely come up with some knowledge that can be very helpful. It's just right now the economy is so unstable that I'm not sure if that's really going to stand out that much. Right. Um but in a, in a reg, if, if, if only the, the pandemic was the, the, the challenge that we're facing and it didn't have any impact on, on the economic situation, I think, yeah, then definitely, you know, young people would stand out and be very appreciated and, you know, and, and whole organizations can be restructured. But right now, I wonder, you know, I wonder because, you know, things are so unstable and, and, you know, companies don't really know how to handle it and, and they need to make some really difficult decisions. So sometimes, you know that you have some really great people on your team and you really like them, but you also know that your business wouldn't survive if you kept them all. So you need to take some hard decisions, right? So because of this pressure that small businesses and, and startups and in general, all businesses are facing, I'm not sure how things are going to work out. Does that, um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's, I guess you're thinking, well, or I'm thinking about when we get on the other side of this uh, virus that the older generation are still the powerful, <laughs> the, the one who makes the decisions. But right now it's a critical time for them to make the right decision for their company and the world. Um, so I guess it's very uncertain which way each company will go and with this, uh, what decision they're making. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And again, you know, um, we can also divide businesses in, in two different buckets, right? On, on the one side, you have the SMEs, you know, like the small and medium businesses that are very impacted because um, I was just reading this study that says in the, in the hospitality sector, you know, so for instance, restaurants and hotels, you know, they don't have that much of a buffer. So, um, in, in a, in a downturn, like right now, you know, many of these businesses are forced to close. Versus a lot of, you know, technological businesses on the other side, you know, um, when you sell technology and when you work on the internet, you know, you can do a lot, right? You know, um, first of all, it's very different the way you run. You often fundraise money externally and you have some money in your bank account that allow you to run for a, for a period of time, even if your revenues are very low. Um, second, you can really restructure many of the things you do. You can change your value proposition. You can change, you know, some of the features that you have and you can try to pivot towards a model that's more sustainable in this climate. So you see how, you know, startups are a bit more resilient in that way. Um, I mean, it, of course, it depends on how much money they have in the bank right now, right? Because some of them are caught really unprepared. But um, a lot of them, I feel, are in better positioned for success than, for instance, um, SMEs that are out there, you know, and very conventional in nature. No, that makes total sense. And in terms of being able to uh, respond to that, yeah, 
I, I mean, uh, it's not surprising what you say uh, regarding also SMEs and the more traditional SMEs, especially maybe it's something like production or things like that that are more traditionally run. But um, let's let's get a little bit back to you know. Uh, so what what's your daily routine right now? I mean, uh, did it? How did it change? How did it? Uh, this whole situation impact you? Uh, already being used to working remotely, working online. Yeah. So um, um, we talked ab about this uh, last week, right? You know, I talked about the concept of trying to normalize as much as you can what's happening. So trying to keep because you know. In the course of your life, you develop a lot of habits. And if you suddenly are forced to change these habits, it, it feels very uncertain. You feel very uncertain on a subconscious level. So it's very important that you kind of match these habits and gradually change them so they adapt to the environment. So I'm trying to really normalize my routine. And, you know, so for instance, I wake up at the very same time of the day. I typically would go and hit the gym. But since the gym is closed right now, you know, I would go, you know, run around the, the neighborhood. Um, trying to avoid people because there is still quite a few people outside, you know, just chilling. Um, so I, I'm going to run around, I'll come back, I'll do an exercise at home, like, you know, like through some apps, I'll do some push-ups or, you know, at first we even were very creative with my flatmate. Uh, we took some uh, old uh, bed sheets and we attached them to the door and we were just pulling on them and, you know, just trying to improvise and, you know, and, and be active <laughs> as much as we can. Sure. Yeah. So... So, yeah, I mean, you know, like trying to normalize it, trying to finish my exercise at pretty much the same time I usually do. I would have my coffee, I would, you know, take a shower, I'll be ready for the day. And then I guess the thing that changes, you know, how um, how we do business with the, with the part of the team that is not used to that. So, for instance, you know, we started having a call every morning with different, so I would sit on calls with different teams and, you know, where we look at the five things they're going to focus on today and we're going to discuss, you know, why they're picking these five things and why are they important and um, any kind of challenges they may be facing. Then, you know, later on, um, I'm going to have some one-on-ones with different people from different departments, just, you know, making sure that um, I listen to them and see what kind of challenges they're facing and if they're feeling all right or if there is any support we can do for them. And then moving to an evening call with, again, with the very same teams, you know, and looking at what is the progress they have done. And hopefully, you know, they have hit all these five tasks or 10 tasks that they said earlier today. If not, we talk about why not and what can we do. And of course, you know, being very close to sales, sales, the sales team, right? Because they're the ones that are very, very impacted. As you know, it's very hard to predict how much they're going to be closing right now in comparison to teams like, let's say, product or tech teams that are, you know, they can still be very productive uh, as they develop features, you know, on their own, right? Um, so, you know, just trying to be on top of some teams more than other. And, and then, of course, you know, trying to um, leave breaks in your routine for food. A lot of people, I think, struggle with that because, you know, when you get busy and you jump on one call to another. Yeah. That's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. So I, I even encourage the team, you know, oh. to to have lunch together. So what we do is that you're going to be on Zoom and I'm going to be on Zoom and we're just going to be eating and talking. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good thing. And actually, I just did it on uh, Friday. Yeah, we I had a lunch uh, Zoom. No, it was not Zoom. We, we're, we are not using Zoom. We are a public institution where I work. So we use Microsoft Teams, which is kind of, you know, a sad version of that. But uh, yeah, well, just uh, just having just lunch meeting and having the same kind of food all the same at the same time, that was a lot of fun and actually very useful, I found. Yeah, absolutely. So, but you can say that you are actually socializing a lot virtually these days. 
Well, you know, um, nothing can replace the offline interactions. And I guess the, the longer this quarantine continues, the, the more you understand that. But yeah, I, I do jump on a lot of calls with a lot of different people. Um, so in a way I do talk and in a way I talk much more than ever before with my friends in Europe, because, you know, many of them, I mean, uh, depending on their, what they work, right. You know, I have a lot of friends in the hospitality sector and basically they lost their job. So, you know, it, it's really funny because when you text one of these guys, they reply immediately on any medium, right. Cause they're just so bored. Uh, so that gives you the opportunity to be yeah. more connected than ever before with them. And to Japan calls every, you know, second day versus in, before, you know, it was almost impossible to align schedules and time zones. Exactly. I've, I've realized that too with some of my friends who live a bit far from me and suddenly we are way more interactive via Snap, via Messenger, via whatever. But it's a kind of funny thing that this is connecting us in another way and with some of our um, friends yeah uh, i completely i completely agree it's very very interesting it's very interesting what's gonna stay after all that because you know now we're forced into into this behavior but you know we may also volunteer to have a, a similar behavior afterwards depending on what kind of habits we develop and how long the entire thing uh, continues exactly i think it's the funny thing or the exciting thing would be like we are animals of habit so would we just turn right back when it's over or would we really maybe learn something from this i think that's really what we all may be thinking right now yeah and especially danish people are animals of habit <laughs> I, i mean it's uh you're right edwin in that that you know or Yeah, I mean, people usually go by the day. And uh, if you think about these places and also like where I grew up in Germany, it's uh, kind of like it's almost rude to interrupt people in their daily routines. You just you cannot just pop up and say, hey, here I am. Let's interact. And now suddenly you can. And it's not rude because people are bored at home yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, I also think it's very interesting how, um, for instance, conferences develop uh, nowadays, right? Because all major conferences are stopped. And now there is a lot of virtual conferences. So in a way, um, that creates a lot of opportunities because so many more people can attend them. And, and you know, this awkward time after a, a speech from someone and you want to go talk to that person or you want to go talk to someone else. And it's kind of hard, right? You know, you're, you're in a foreign place. You don't know everyone and you need to approach, you know, people that are relevant to you. And in a way, by attending virtual conferences, that's kind of eliminated. Because now you have a list of all people that are there. You know what exactly each one is doing. Can you know who to approach and how? So, you know, some things in a way are becoming easier and more efficient, um, even though we did not expect that. No, and uh, I mean, uh, maybe this is a really a chance. Uh, I mean, I I've been there myself. I'm kind of guilty of, you know, this thing of jumping on a plane, flying to China for uh, having meetings for two days and then flying back which is uh, environmentally horrible and it's horrible in many ways. Um, and maybe we do have a chance now to develop new routines around these kind of things. 
So uh, to become a bit more thoughtful, like, do I really need to jump on this plane? Do I really need to see these people in person? Or yeah. can this be handled in a different way, smarter? Yeah. And, it, and it's also because the demand for online solutions is so high. And because there is a lot of people right now that, you know, typically would invest in all sorts of businesses, but right now they would be more willing to invest in businesses that are doing well. So maybe we're also going to see acceleration of innovation in in in. Uh, video conferencing in 5G, it may come earlier, right? Because now there is so much demand for a more stable connection. So because of that, you know, the technology may really accelerate and we may end up with something really, really useful that we would appreciate in the in the best of times. Yeah. Let, let's try to think uh, in this direction now that you say innovation. And uh, I mean, there is obviously there is the technological innovation that may happen or may not happen. Let's see. Uh, but also social innovation and ways how you know how we are, how we behave, how we are as a people. Um, could you think about some kind of a, like a good scenario, a positive scenario, how the world could look like after that? Mm. Yeah, I guess um, you know, like taking just small examples, like what you said, right? You know, going to China for a couple of meetings. You know, a lot of people do that for conferences, right? I think a lot of conferences would prefer moving forward to be completely virtual, right? Um, so then a lot of businesses would also reconsider the need of, of traveling that much. Um, so we're definitely gonna see, I guess, uh, less travel and less uh, flights, perhaps more holidays, because people are gonna, I don't know, in a way they, they would like to compensate for this time that um, they've been at home for a long time and couldn't do anything. So in a way we may see like a, a, a spike in, in, in travel. For, for holiday purposes. But when it comes to business, I think we're going to see a massive shift in the way we work. Um, and we're just going to prefer to be much more online and less traveling across uh, countries. No, and in a way, this is a good thing. I mean, at, at least I know for myself, every time I have to fly far for a conference uh, and I'm gone for like, let, let's say, uh, you know, you never... With all the flying around, it all, quite often it just takes half a week or even a whole week and then uh, you're gone and all these things. And it really kills your routines, it kills your workouts, it kills you uh, food routines, uh, and it kills you sleep patterns and all these kind of things that we actually should be caring about maybe a bit more than we do now. Exactly, yeah. Completely agree, especially because uh, when you live in a, in a part of the world like Southeast Asia, right, it's very affordable to travel from country to country, but many of these countries are in different time zones and, you know, and, and it can be really painful for your body, right? Constantly changing the time zone, you know, not getting enough sleep, um, sometimes not being able to eat properly. So in a way, uh, we're going to be able to uh, take care of, of our health better. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> it sounds like one of the, the positive things that would come out. of Hopefully. This. I think I do believe that we will change a lot, especially what you're talking about, the business world and how we we trade and how we communicate. I'm not sure. I feel like when people have been trapped for so long already now, I feel like I'm scared that when we are let out, everybody would just run out and go crazy in everything. Um, that's that's interesting, right? But if you look at what happens in China, um, but again, China is a very different example because the government controls quite well everything going on. Um, so, you know, in China, you know, people are quite reserved, right? Gradually things are going back to normal because people are just so affected by what happened that, you know, um, I, I think most governments going to handle the situation in a similar manner. 
Yeah. So yeah. just slow return and gradual. Yeah, that sounds yeah. a little bit more. I mean, people will go out and shop and things like that. But on the other hand, maybe now with all the you know all the deliveries that are still working, uh, maybe people won't feel like oh, I need all of these things. And uh, we already know now, like many of the collections, for example, if you look at fashion. They are not ha- going to happen this year, and um, and then we maybe will realize. Well, maybe that's not so stu- so bad not to have the autumn colors for twenty twenty or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, it it's very possible, but it's also possible the opposite, right? Where you know we expect this major shift in behavior, and and uh, more and more companies hire people to do deliveries and have uh, less physical. Uh, stores or um, food deliveries from restaurants, but then it turns out that the demand wouldn't be that high. So then again, you know, a lot um, these shifts, you know, may cause a bit of uh, uncertainty, and you know, a lot of people may lose jobs because you know we're trying to understand what we actually want. Thinking about just you know the uh, let's say a regular person, I know in business you guys think a lot about you know the your buyer persona or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. You also, Edwin, you studied marketing, didn't you? You uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you, I was you, there for a bit. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, but uh, like, if thinking about, let's say, the buyer persona, our the listener of the, such a podcast as that, like, you know, just you know, a person in the twenties, maybe thirties, sitting at home, uh, working remotely. So, what good tips would you come up with, aside from you know what we read now everywhere? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like if you're on social media, you're bombarded by all kinds of like, do this and do that. And then you look uh, at a sports app ad for too long. And now you have like 10 commercials about sports uh, apps or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, what would be like your suggestion? Like, what should, what should I do? What should a person do? Yeah, I think, you know, um, I mean, my, my advice would be now we're going to have definitely more time on our hands. So what I, what I personally do, and I think it's a great opportunity is that you now have the time to read that book or to take that course or, you know, um, to attend certain webinars that otherwise you wouldn't have the time for. So there is a lot of opportunities for, uh, for personal development. And, you know, if you're smart with your time, you know, you can really accelerate your growth. Um, because we just have more time than ever before. Um, right. I also think that it's a way for people to get distracted by the situation because I know a lot of people are actually very anxious about this and are really worried about their family, their elders, their children, their whatever. So maybe also a thing could be like get distracted and learn something. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Cause, cause you also, you need to be conscious. I mean, I, I speak a lot of habits because I'm a strong believer that habits shape us. Right. And, you don't want to become a couch potato, right? In this time when you when you just end up watching Netflix all day and eating a lot of chips and nothing else, uh, because you're gonna develop the wrong habits. And when everything is over, you know, and you can go back to your normal life, it, it's just gonna be hard. Um, so I think you know we have the opportunity to develop some good habits, and because of that, we need to invest our energy in the right activities. And we can be creative in the way we exercise. We can be creative, you know, whether we want to do meditation that, you know, we never found time for. Now we have that time or you want to start a journal or you want to start writing or whatever you want to do that actually can help you grow. I think now is the time to give it a try. And um, the second thing that I would recommend is to, to be really selective with your sources. Because what I mean, the way most uh, platforms like uh 
from Google to Facebook to all the large social medias work is that, you know, they start feeding you content that you engage with as you, as you give the example of the sport ad, right? You know, whatever, whatever you click on, that's going to come your way. So you need to be very selective on what you click and what you engage with so that relevant information comes your way and things that actually help you and keep you positive. Because if you end up, you know, clicking on the wrong activities, you know, the moment you open your, uh, phone you're just going to be bombarded with all kinds of crap that you don't necessarily need uh can mislead you or or just you know doesn't help you to feel more positive about uh, the whole situation i know yourself uh, you told us uh, before the call at some point uh, that you are writing a news blog or some sort of newsletter yeah i uh is this uh, part of this or is it something you've been doing before already well uh, it's relatively recent but it's not on the topic of the lockdown and uh, the whole um uh, social distancing it i started writing you know um on my learnings as an entrepreneur and you know i mean running a business is hard i think um, if there is if there is one thing i learned uh by doing that that is really really hard so i started writing a newsletter where i actually share about how you can navigate all these complexities and difficult decisions and some of the, and I shared some of the best resources that I discovered and I'm very uh, picky about what I read and what I read and I keep a large database of relevant articles. So it's just my way to share what I learned and trying to prevent people by going through the same things. And I avoid r talking about COVID. Sometimes, of course, um, I have to, and some of, some of the newsletters are cover it somehow. But most of the time I try to avoid it and I try to keep it a bit more positive because there's plenty of information on the topic. Nice. Oh, that's a, I think that's a good idea to close us uh, off also, like to take with uh, you from this uh, chat that we're having now. Just, you know, maybe stay away. And I'm also guilty myself, like, you know, waking up and checking the news in Danish and checking yeah. the news in English and checking this news and that news. And yeah, you're just bombarded endless, with a lot of stuff. Endless. Yeah. And the China and the US are endless in media reports. Yeah. Oh, it's too much. Uh, maybe this is a really good idea. Just like, you know, filter it out a little bit and focus yeah. on the things that are actually immediately important for you right now. Yeah. Or it could be at least uh, beneficial in terms of your development. Yeah, I just I just feel bad about people that are not um, English speakers. Because, you know, there is a lot of great information in English language. But, you know, for instance, what I do for my parents is that they constantly send me these bullshit articles that don't have uh, proper sources. So, you know, then I would go back and I'll be like, that's not true. Or you shouldn't be following this because, you know, we don't know who wrote it. And, and then I would, you know, send them some infographic, let's say, from the... Uh, World Economic Forum or, you know, the World Health Organization. And I would sit down with them and, you know, we would share screen and I would explain them, you know, because these infographics are built to really simplify complex information. So I'll try to explain them what makes sense and how does it make sense. So, you know, they're very appreciative of that. But if it wasn't for me to sit down and translate it, they would never have the opportunity to actually read that. So I feel, I feel pretty bad about all these people that actually don't have a choice, right? So they need to watch TV, they need to watch the news and, and, and you know, they can't select that much uh, the information going their way. No, yeah, and I guess when we are caught in this new time where fake news is actually a really big part of our everyday, it becomes harder and harder for the, let's say, average person to know or to even remember to check the sources on the stuff they're reading. Yeah, yeah. I, I read this funny tweet a few days ago. Uh, one guy was saying, my mother has a PhD in COVID uh, and she got it from WhatsApp University, 
right? Because there's just so much cr- <laughs> crap going on there. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, it's a ne- never-ending thing, and uh, it's uh, the time where your parents, you already know, you just like you know, you get this forwarded messages, and like, no, okay, yeah. I'm not gonna, gonna watch this. This is the, the this is definitely probably nothing. No, okay, but uh, I'd say. Thank you very much, Victor, for joining us here thank today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank that's, you, guys. Uh, that's been so much fun uh, talking to you and also just getting a little bit of a different perspective. You know, yeah. what, how does a business person see this uh, right now, uh, mm. being in a dynamic environment? And I, I just know like how Asia is, how crazy and fast things develop as compared to what you have in Europe. So yeah. uh, you're really kind of running on a very different gear. Yeah. And then still and you find time to go back and chill a little bit and, uh, you know, and I like the way you are keeping the positive aspect of this. And I think also because you have been used to being digitalized uh, with meetings and so on, you already came a, a bit prepared for this situation. And now you are looking at the brighter side of it. Well, so. I guess we all have oh, to, right? But yeah, thank you guys for the, for yeah, the opportunity. Of course. All right. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah, see you guys. Bye-bye. And that was it for today. That was it. That was it. That was our interview with Victor. Yeah. That was fun. There was a lot of information, I think, also. <laughs> You're <laughs> just overloaded because it's <laughs> Sunday. And you're like, hey, my brain is not prepared for that. I think we came around a lot of things. Oh, we definitely did. We definitely did. And uh, I think I can take quite something about yeah away from that. Yeah, I think it's really exciting to see what we as humanity, as people across the world, how we're going to change after this yeah. and if we are going to change. You know, I feel a little bit bad now too. I feel Why? like, okay, now we've been closed for here in this apartment for two and a half weeks yeah. and I still didn't start meditating. No. Have you? Um, no and yes, I kind of meditate all the time and none of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm very in my head all the time. Okay, well, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, really, I think this is a very good idea. And yeah. uh, I, I should be, I actually should be looking at that like, hey, maybe really start blocking time. And just as I blocked time before just to go to the gym, yeah. when gyms were still a thing, mm. uh, maybe just block time and do something like, you know, do a course or do, uh, I mean, aside from the workout, just do some meditating or do something that is uh, can help me to yeah. uh, develop a routine. I think the whole idea about routines is quite interesting. Like, Yeah. What well, happens it's not if the first time we hear this. No. And we see it on social media all the time and do a routine every day and do it yeah the routine but i think his view also is nice uh, to say okay look uh there is also this danger that you start becoming this couch potato that you start developing a bad routine yeah uh, and it's super easy now that you have you know netflix and you just can lie on the couch and uh, you even do it with a good consciousness because you think oh i'm a very responsible citizen i'm distancing myself <laughs> with netflix yeah i've yeah i don't know i guess it's more complicated than that because some people are actually really anxious and that sometimes can take over when you go 
with yourself or with one partner and, and is trapped inside. But that's possibilities yeah. to do great things. Well, anyway, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, we can keep talking. But yeah, no, that's I it. guess that's it. That's <laughs> it. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening today. Thank if you, you. like that, please subscribe uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please. And uh, you'll find uh, the link to uh, Victor uh, yeah. in the show notes. What else? If you have any ideas, please write us. Uh, yeah. Write to us. Find us on Instagram, or just uh, you can even talks. record messages to us uh, on our anchor page. So you could actually come with your message in the podcast, and we can just play you in. Imagine Ooh. that. That's a new function we have. Wow. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Please. <laughs> okay. Well, with okay. that said, bye. Bye.